What's the word, my disillusioned little works of modern art? You're either thinking about the futility of life or listening to the newest episode of The Zelderoy Show. If you're just coming out of that haze of mediocrity and monotony, this is Zelda Roy reporting to you live from Delorence, where everything is made in the shade and coupons never expire. But you can still only use one for purchase. It's been two months since my last show. Some of you have complained about the lack of Zelda in your lives, but even illustrious public figures such as I need a break now and again. In case any of you were wondering, I have spent my vacation trying to learn how to crochet, giving up on trying to learn how to crochet, watching as many Netflix original series as I possibly can, and there are far too many, but that's a topic for another time, reorganizing Raphael's filing system, and putting his files back to where they originally were, because some people can't handle change. I handle change stupendously, if you were wondering. I'm also going to assume that those of my listeners that do not hail from my beloved Delorenz are curious as to the fallout from our recent deadly chickenpox epidemic. You all know that my dear friend, Ollie, of pizza delivery fame, passed early on. Even though I only knew him for three minutes, I feel his loss every day. I will now read the names of our fallen citizens. Horace Erlenmeyer Applebottom, our town's lead food enthusiast and serial killer, I mean husband. Xavier Ralph Baudelaire, most notable for playing Max in our town's production of The Sound of Music, and for insisting vehemently that he is not a character from a series of unfortunate events. Gerard Evan Jones, winner of Dress That Thomas for the fourth consecutive year, his title will be passed on to some new, bright-eyed hopeful at next year's Feast of All Thomases. Dorothy Juanita Ludwig, avid scrapbooker and president of the Delorend Elementary School PTA. Clara Hazel Quinlan, town librarian, Ouija board enthusiast, and staunch advocate of removing book bans. We now have access to all of Nancy Drew, thanks to her. Marion Jean Coughlin, parking enforcement officer. Though we will miss your sweet nature and delicious blondies, we will not miss your job. Wallace Hubert McKinnon, town historian, without whom we would not know that our beloved Delorenz was founded mostly on blackmail. Viola Cromwell Hicks, who, actually I don't know what she did, but that does not mean she didn't do anything, and she was loved. Albert Conrad Ronaldo, owner of Birdie's Barbecue Joint next to the Gymnastics Center, who had the best recipe for hickory-smoked bacon. Lane Eunice Grisenwald, who holds the Delorenz record for most emotional baggage, and Raphael is tapping his watch. You know what, Raphael? I'm just trying to be helpful. How is this considered helpful? You of all people should understand the importance of listing the accomplishments of the dead. Isn't that your entire job? Well, yeah, but you said you had a lot to get to today, and you've already taken up almost five minutes on this. Oh, nuts. Thanks, Ravi. Please don't. Do not call me that. Okay, so not to be lumpy, but he's totally right, and I've got a lot to get to today, so also dead. Quinn Hanley, Ursula Dean, Johnny Germain, don't laugh. Isadora Ward, Yasmin Hortensia, Orwell Delancey, Paula Lisbon, Raphael, stop it! 
Clearly, Raphael woke up on the wrong side of the trundle bed this morning, but I will appease him because I'm nice like that. Once the quarantine was lifted and everyone remaining passed a medical inspection, which involved many blood tests and several hula hoop competitions, because if you can hula hoop, then you're obviously not sick with a contagious disease, it had been determined that we lost 79 of our own. I do have complete records of all of our fallen citizens. Well, Raphael does anyway. So if you'd like a complete list or more personal information like blood types and high school report cards, let me know and I can sneak you in when he's out of the office. No, that's uh, not legal. So, my beloveds, it has been a trying few months and we've experienced devastating losses, but we made it through and now we can begin to heal our emotionally scarred souls. Unless everything you ever knew is a lie and your friends are deceitful little punks. To recap, in case your brain capacity is severely limited, like most people I know, Horace Applebottom, on his deathbed, gave me a name. Emmerich Argyll. Now, naturally, I thought this was the name of my father, since I know Horace knew my mother and was at least familiar with her... bows... But during my research, I discovered that the illustrious Mr. Argyll is not my father at all, which I am very thankful for, as his artwork is some of the worst I've ever seen. What I am not thankful for is the fact that he may actually, in part, a little bit, have had a hand in the death of my best friend and town sweetheart, June Lennox Mercator. I am also not thankful for the fact that every one of my friends, including Barlow, who is most certainly not my friend, knew Mr. Argyll in what looked to be, judging from pictures taken the night of the gala, a very chummy way. Especially June. In fact, I have determined from Mr. Argyll's footwear that he is the man I suspected to be her lover. Now, normally I wouldn't be upset by my friends having other friends, even though I'm super fun and really should be invited to everything because I can bring a lot to the table. But I am upset that clearly June, Valeria, Kate, and Barlow, and Horace all knew Emmerich Argyll, but never mentioned him. And then said other friend that I'm not at all bitter about mysteriously disappeared immediately after June's death. As did Caius Wilburn Selby, then cabaret leader and holder of the literal smoking gun. Excuse me, my friends, I'm expecting a call from my gastroenterologist. Zelda, thank God. I'm sorry, who is this? Zelda, come on. I think you have the wrong Zelda. It's a fairly common name. No, it's really not, and I don't have the wrong Zelda. You're the right Zelda. Look, I know you're not happy with me, with us, right now. Really, I think you should stop before you share any sensitive information with a total stranger because secrets should only be told to friends because friends should always be honest with each other. Zelda, it wasn't my choice. I'm quite satisfied with my dial-up service, but thanks anyway. Sorry about that, everyone. Telemarketers, am I right? Anyway, to make a long story short, I've come to the conclusion that my friends suck. I don't really think Caius killed June, I do kind of think maybe Emmerich killed June, and I'm alone in the universe. But alas, this is a radio show that promises arts and entertainment reviews, and even in the height of a deadly epidemic, I delivered. I will not let my emotions get in the way of my civic duty. During my hiatus, I thought long and hard about what sort of reviews I would give this year, 
and I took a look at some listener suggestions. I ignored most of them, but I did notice that several of you said you would enjoy a review of a modern musical group. I wasn't sure at first how that would work. What am I reviewing? The group as a whole? Their music? Their personalities? I still don't entirely know, but I also don't care because it's my review and I'm going to say whatever I want. Now, I did write this review while in a very low emotional state, and while reading up on the band, I found myself very much relating to their inner turmoil and inevitable split, so this may be a bit... dynamic, shall we say? I've also decided to title this review because I'm incredibly clever, so I present to you, From Boys to Men, The One Direction Story. One Direction was formed in 2010, when five X Factor contestants, Liam Payne, Harry Styles, Niall Horan, Louis Tomlinson, and Zayn Malik were deemed not good enough to have solo careers, but okay enough that if you put the five of them together in a band, they may be able to carry each other to success. Now, I will quickly stereotype the boys based off of several YouTube interviews and many horrific social media posts. Liam, the serious daddy direction, which is a troubling nickname. Harry, the sexy one with amazing hair. Niall, the Irish one, so please don't call him British, who is easygoing and can actually play an instrument. Louis, the goofy one, and Zane, the mysterious brooding one. The boys quickly skyrocketed to success, and I'm not sure if this has as much to do with their music as it does their general level of attractiveness. And if we're going to get into specifics, Niall is clearly the most attractive, and if, perchance, he ends up listening to this one day, I'd just like to say that I would be very open to an interview with him. Also other things, because I love him. One Direction in their original form have four albums. Up All Night, which I categorize as Let's Have Fun because we haven't been tainted and or corrupted by fame yet. Take Me Home, which is the essence of Girls think we're hot, so I think we can start sneaking some minor sexual references into our songs. Midnight Memories, which I call Let's Get Tattoos and Pretend We're a Rock Band Because We Don't Live With Our Parents Anymore. And Four, which can be summed up as we are absolutely the coolest thing ever, so let's just coast on that for a while and also get more random tattoos. And then Zayn left the band. Now I will admit that Zayn was my least favorite, so the loss wasn't a huge deal. But then I thought about the boys he left behind and how they must have felt like maybe they weren't good enough and what if after all this time maybe we didn't have anything at all. He just threw away almost 20, I mean 5 years of friendship and memories and trust just like that, just because he thought he could be better on his own? How dare you, Zayn Malik, if that's even your real name. Actually, I know he spells it differently than what's on his birth certificate, so he's an imposter. How can you trust someone like that? You let the boys down. You let me down. And I've only known of you vaguely since I started researching you, so about a month, give or take. But you know what? My boys stayed strong and they came out with another album, Made in the AM, which I affectionately call Bite Me. We're doing just fine and also we're not even going to bother hiding the fact that we are now sex gods. And I absolutely did not cry when I listened to this album, even though lyrics like I'm missing half of you when we're apart, we had some good times, didn't we? And you and me got a whole lot of history, so don't let it go and... It's just really meaningful, okay? 
Let's get back to the technical, shall we? The structure of the band in its original form with the traitor formerly known as Zane with an I was very clear. Liam and Harry took the lead on songs, sometimes alternating, sometimes sharing the spotlight, and then Zane would come in for the bridge because apparently he's the only singer in the group capable of doing complicated riffs. And then Niall and Louie would sing backup, which offends me because Niall is a supremely talented human being and he does not deserve to be on the sidelines of anything. In fact, Niall should always be kept in the loop so he doesn't feel left out or unappreciated or like his friends aren't really his friends. And Louie, the same for him. So it pleased me when I noticed that as they progressed as a band and came out with more albums, Niall was given a larger role. And Louie, that's how you should treat someone, okay? Zane still pretty much just sang the bridge, which is part of the reason why I think the boys managed to do well after he betrayed them, because his voice wasn't terribly missed, at least by me anyway. I didn't bother looking into other people's reactions on his departure because I don't care because he will always be the worst in my book. Ugh, whatever. Something that isn't the worst? Their music videos. I mean, I love music videos just in general because when I found out that was a thing, I was so fascinated by the concept. A mini-movie about a song? What? And overall elated at the progression of the music industry, but One Direction music videos are a class of their own. Okay, their first few, like What Makes You Beautiful and Gotta Be You, weren't exactly groundbreaking. I think you need a little bit more than a beach or forest setting and a handful of random girls to make a good music video. And I think they realized that and started making videos that were just absurd. Like, the music video for Best Song Ever starts with a five-minute scene where the boys are playing other characters, but they're also playing themselves at the same time, and I couldn't possibly do it justice. And then Steal My Girl is a video about them shooting a video in the desert, and the meta of that is just wow. And Danny DeVito was their director? They were just like... Hey, Danny DeVito, do you want to be in a ridiculous music video? And he said yes, because they're One Direction. And then there are sumo wrestlers. I love it. Each of their music videos is a tiny piece of art that sends the message, we don't care about what these videos are because we know people will watch them regardless. So let's have fun. So much fun. And now they don't exist anymore. So isn't that special? At first, all of my anger was directed towards Zane for obvious reasons, but then I found out that they all abandoned each other, and now, frankly, I'm a bit miffed at all of them. I understand, yes, sometimes you need space, and sometimes you need to make a solo album because reasons, but you were a family, and your fans were a family, and you let them down, and now some of you have kids, and it's weird, and nothing is the same, and I just wish we could all go back to the good old days when Harry's hair was manageable length, and Liam wasn't engaged, and Louie didn't have five failed relationships under his belt, and Niall wore the same khaki pants to every interview, and Zane was actually there. I just wish things didn't have to change, you know? And yeah, they claim it's just a hiatus, but everyone knows what that really means. And people always lie anyway. They're never getting back together and I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. So, some of my favorite songs are Act My Age, Drag Me Down, Best Song Ever, End of the Day, Fool's Gold, Happily, Heart Attack, I Should Have Kissed You, Kissed You, Live While You're Young, Made in the AM, More Than This, Nobody Compares, okay, so... I may perhaps have a mild obsession with them. I may be disappointed in them, but their songs are catchy and make me feel things. 
even if a lot of it is anger towards Zayn Malik and disappointment towards the rest of the boys. I will never be disappointed in you, Niall Horan. And I'm very much looking forward to your solo album. I will never buy your solo album, Zayn Malik. Lastly, their name. I don't get it. One Direction, A- minus for music, A for style, A plus for music videos, B plus for band structure, and C minus for friendship. Oh, and if anyone is interested in starting a Delorenzians for Nile Horan fan club, please contact me privately. And if you don't know how to do that, then you are not qualified to join. I'm sure there's plenty of half-rate 1D fan clubs in other places that are willing to accept just anyone. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, at the very beginning of this broadcast, I was talking about betrayal and death, and I'd like to get back to that, as I do have some exciting news to share. Big news. Like, big, big. Like, I hope I still have my job after this big. But it has the potential to change everything, so I need to make it public knowledge. I need to make sure that I'm not the only one who knows this. For the greater good and whatnot. So here it is. I found Caius Wilburn Selby. I found Caius Wilburn Selby, ex-cabaret leader and supposed murderer of June Lennox Mercator, alive and well. And get this, he's been living just outside the city limits since the night of the gala. How did I find him, you say? Google. Now I know you're thinking about the last time I ventured into Google on the air with you dear listeners, and how it wasn't terribly successful. But I have learned the error of my ways, and now know about things like keywords, and that I'm feeling lucky really isn't something that you want to use very often. Anyway, back to my sleuthing. Once I had the suspicion that Emmerich Argyll had more to do with June's death than Caius Wilburn Selby did, I started doing some intense research into Selby's background. He was a fairly incompetent cabaret leader, as I recall, which is par for the course, really. But I did notice a few questionable initiatives that he approved, like making Jude the Obscure required fourth grade reading and limiting the amount of dog feces one household can dispose of per week that could only be passed by someone who had absolutely no idea what they were doing and were obviously coerced into doing so. Selby was a complete pushover. As long as Emmerich Argyll gave him a mediocre enough reason, he would have willingly held a recently fired gun over the woman who had been shot with said gun and was bleeding out onto the floor below him. Only a pathetic, unintelligent human being would do that. So unintelligent that when picking an alias, would choose something so similar to their actual name that it wouldn't even make a difference. Out of sheer curiosity, not expecting much as it's doubtful that any of the citizens of Delorenz are searchable by Google just yet, aside from me who was a notable public figure, I googled Caius Wilburn Selby. Did you mean Kyle Wilbur Belby? Oh, did I? So I clicked on the first link for this Kyle Wilbur Belby, and that brought me to a website called IMDB, or the Internet Movie Database, where I discovered that yes, Kyle Wilbur Belby is indeed Caius Wilburn Selby, and that he is a struggling actor with a long list of dead body credits from various crime TV shows. I went back to the Google results page and managed to find contact information for Kyle slash Caius's agent. Kyle Wilbur Belby now has a cold reading for the Melba Toy Show 
next Thursday at 2 p.m. at Fat City, the sandwich shop. Kyle Wilbur Belby is going to answer to me now. I have a feeling it's not going to be one of his better auditions. I'm excited and scared for this, my dear listeners. Yes, I recently discovered Into the Woods, and that is a conversation for another time. But it has to happen. I have to know the truth. Though I don't think Caius slash Kyle will have the answers I'm looking for, I do think he can point me in the right direction. Someone that dumb couldn't possibly unravel a government conspiracy with the potential to destroy an entire town. Could they? <laughs> no, absolutely not. My interview with Caius will not be the end of my quest for truth. It can only be the beginning. We're in for a bumpy road, my congenial comrades. But if you stick with me, and you should, because what else are you going to do with your dull lives, we could make some amazing discoveries together. Or, at the very least, finally know what it's like to play a dead body on television. Is that awkward? I always imagined it would be fairly awkward. I guess we'll find out. And that's all I have for you today, my little cream puffs. Tune in next week, where I will be broadcasting live from Fat City, the sandwich shop, not the slang term for Dalaran's. Feel free to drop sandwich suggestions into my box. I'm not familiar with the Fat City menu and I have a sensitive stomach, which reminds me, I never did get that call from my gastroenterologist. I should look into that. See you later, alligators. This is Zelda Roy signing off. The Zelda Roy Show is written and produced by Rosemary Booker and Claire Kitten, who think recycling is a conspiracy for future reference. The voice of Zelda is Claire Kitten. The voice of Valeria was Rosemary Booker. And the voice of Raphael was Justin Roth. Music by Rosemary Booker. Check us out at zeldaroy.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>